mean, I was, I had like big black circles under my eyes that were completely sunken in. I looked like I was dying and I was, you know, I mean, the chemo was killing me. Yeah. And this is another reason why at that point they decided to stop the treatment because it was taking over my body and making me really unhealthy. So, um, but anyway, I remember my dad looking over and grabbing my hand and just be like, Hey, you going to make it kiddo? And I was just like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to make it. I could eat your cancer when you turn back. Serious episode. All right, only so, semi-serious. It's not that dark. But it's 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 not it's not super funny. Um, all right, so today's episode, I'm going to talk about cancer. All right, it's not. How should I get into this? Really, I don't know. I mean, the first time I thought about doing a cancer episode was with uh, everybody's friend Angelo Bowers. Um, he had it. And he was going to die. And then he went into remission and he was fine. And I remember thinking, like, I want to know what it's like if someone's about to die. I still got to do that podcast. Anyway, but then Angelo, craziest thing. Fucking fine, cured, fine. Dies in a car accident next year. Right? Um, it reminds me of Pete Carboni, my friend Pete's uh, uh, brother. This is his story, not mine, but. So his brother was like suicidal and then wanted to die. and So he threw himself in front of a train track. For, well, not in front of a train track, in front of a train. And then the train hit him and smashed all the bones in his body. Didn't kill him. Didn't kill him. I feel like I've told this story on this podcast before. Anyway, then he's lying in the hospital, all his bones bones broken, and they're like, going to live. And he's like, sweet, you know what? I've had a change of mind. I want to live. I've heard that sometimes, right? Have you heard that from from uh, suicide survivors? That it suddenly it wakes something up in them, and they're like, okay, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. Anyway, he wants to live. Well, while you're in the hospital, we checked. You've got stage four cancer. You've got six months to live. So he had to fucking do his last six months in the hospital recovering from a suicide attempt. Anyway, whatever. Boring. So here episode, this is my friend Kelsey. Um, uh, I met her after she was in remission. And then um, she had relapse. I've known a few people that have had, that have had cancer. And like everything in this podcast, I, I generally try to like get to what the feelings are about a thing, um, about an experience, um, what the details are that maybe we don't know. You know, there's this great fucking um, Eels album. What's it called? Electroshock Blues. It's great. It's great. And uh, it deals a lot with cancer. And then one of the songs is about hospital food and about how hospital food, uh, you know, tastes and how that's all he ate because he had to keep visiting his aunt or his mother, I forget, in the, in the hospital. And those are the kind of details I want to get. Like, wh- wh- you know, people think, oh, cancer must be so tough. But they don't think, like, fucking, 
you know, actually the jello at the fucking hospital was pretty good. I realized one of my nice favorite things. That's not going to be in this podcast, by the way. Um, so that's what I did. I talked to Kelsey all about her cancer and she was very open about it. Kelsey's a beautiful soul. Um, and she's super positive. And I don't know if it's because of the surviving cancer so far or not, but, um, yeah, she was, she was a great person to talk to about it. Didn't seem like she was hiding anything and, and really open. And like I said, got just a great outlook on life. Um, by the way, before I start, uh, oh, oh, before I start, before I start, before I start, uh, new, this is not happening. February 23rd, excuse me, February 24th in the morning, uh, February 23rd at night. So after at midnight, Tuesday, February 23rd, um, it'll go daily show, whatever time, 23rd. That, I hate having a show after midnight. If you're setting DVRs, it's for the 24th at 1230 a.m. If you're a human being, go out on the 23rd. Then come home and at 1230, watch my show. This is not happening. We're not going to be releasing the stories on YouTube this year until after the season. So the stories that are on YouTube are going to be uh, extras. We're going to put one out every week. And this week, starting hopefully Tuesday, maybe Wednesday, we're going to have the trailer for This Is Not Happening or Henry Rollins' story. And then uh, first few weeks, we'll have one on Tuesday and Friday. So go to This Is Not Happening playlist and fucking bookmark it or whatever. Because every Tuesday and for a few weeks, Tuesday and Friday... Um, or Monday, whatever, I don't know. Uh, but every Tuesday, mostly, is going to be a new story. They're going to be sick. we got about 30-something stories. Great comics. Henry Rollins, Brewer, Ron White, Madrigal, Metzger, Diaz, of course, Pazitsky, Mark Norman, me, a few. I told some good stories this year. I told some real good stories. I was real happy with my, my stories this year. I told three, and then uh, I did one with uh, Matt Edgar. Um, so man, that should be great. So, uh, yeah, said all that stuff. February 23rd slash 24th. Um, wait, so what was I going to say before I start? And then the before I start, before I start was that. So the before I start was, you know, this might be a good time to pause and continue once I remember what the fuck I was going to talk about. Yeah, okay, I just spoil. I, 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 I did pause, and I still can't remember. So, all right. Uh, I guess we'll start the episode. And by the way, I've never had cancer, but if I do get cancer, and I think I will, I'm pretty sure I will get cancer. I don't think it's going to be the kind from, like, smoking cigarettes way back or eating unhealthy. I think most comics, when we get the cancer, and I fully believe I will get the cancer, uh, because also I had a trade-off early on in my depression of like, okay, I got to get outside. I got to do 15 minutes of sun every day. So I fell in love with the sun. It makes me, it puts me in a good mood. It really does help my mood. I told one lady in uh, in New York that she was going through depression. I was like, just try to get outside for just 15 straight minutes of continuous sunlight. Even if you just got to lie there and then do that for like a month, every single day, you know, five, six days a week, at least, at least. Um, in at least 15 minutes and see if it improves your mood. And she did. And you know what? She said it did not improve her mood. So I don't know what I'm talking about. But for me, it really helps. And uh, and I had to make a trade-off early on. I was like, well, all this sun, that means I'm probably going to get skin cancer. So I was like, yeah, it's worth it than to kill myself at fucking 38. You know? 
Uh, so I'll get cancer, but I don't think I'll get skin cancer. I don't think I'll get uh, lung cancer. Or I don't think I'll get any of the, other, the fucking whatever. I'm going to get the stress cancers, the fucking colon cancers, the cancer of the gut, brain tumor. That's the direction Ari Shafir is going. Not the, oh, what'd you do to get this? Nah. Stress, man. The karma cancers. When I get cancer, there's going to be the, I'm going to get the kind of cancer that like, 10 different groups, different hate groups are going to go, see, it's because you crossed us. Hate groups. <laughs> I like that. Call feminist bloggers hate groups. That's a reality, honestly. They're just hate groups. They just try to censor everything possible. So it fits into their, anyway, whatever, I don't get into it. Um... Some dates real quick. I got this is not happening. I'm not going to be here for this next one. But uh, Burt Kreischer is taking over as hosting in my stead. Harlan Williams, I believe, is doing it. I uh, think Dave Foley also. It's all about drugs, everybody. A drugs episode in the belly room. Um, I guess that's the 16th, whatever the Tuesday is. February 16th, 17th? No, 15th, 14th? One of those. No, I'm leaving the 15th. 16th? Let's see, 16th. Um, then I got Vancouver at the Comedy Mix. Thursday through Saturday. You know, whatever. Check my dates at AriTheGreat.com. Then I'm going to New York, doing some workout sets in town, but I'm really going to watch Big J special and do press. But this is not happening. I'm going to be hopefully on the Ron Bennington show. I'm going to be on Big J's fucking bonfire show with Soda. Hope, oh, I got to ask Legion of Skanks. Do that. Maybe Tuesdays with stories. Get some shit done. And then Indianapolis, La Jolla, Columbus, and Tempe. And that rounds out my winter. Check AriTheGreat.com for tickets. So let's start this cancer episode. Shall we? Um... Do it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Ari Shabir's Kip the Tank, episode 252, The Big C, with Kelsey Vanderwerf. Push now. Went undiagnosed and untreated When they finally found it Told him it's too far along And he couldn't beat it But he couldn't see it Miss me with that dead talk Miss me, my legs walking My heart beats and my wife with me So fuck cancer, my life with me And if I die, it die with me Let's do it Fighter with everything inside ya Reporting life from death row Drop the charges, be a lifer Cell phones and your lighters Need you to put them up higher So many candles on that birthday cake Might set the thing on fire, yeah it's so hot. Alright, we started. I know, it's really hot. I'm worried about the sun. I'm not worried about it, I mean, but like. I guess I haven't burned yet. It's been five days. You have a good base going. Your mom has a good base. Yeah. I mean, stand up base. She's good at it. I want her to be in my band. She does good slap bass too. Oh really? Yeah. What's that? What are you? Seinfeld. That's a Seinfeld. That's slap bass. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. It really was stupid. When you look at it, you're like, "Wow, what is this? Why is it like this?" I don't even know. He has such a stupid fucking face too. It's been a while since I've seen that show. Freeze frame at the end where yeah, the credits the roll. Yeah. The. What is he looking uncomfortably at that chick from 
Lois and Clark. Oh no. yeah, Which yeah. Was it? Devin no. Messing. Devin Messing. Yeah, not Lois and Clark from Saved by the Messing or whatever that show was. What was that show she was on? <laughs> um, oh, what was that one? There was the gay one. The gay one, and then Nick Offerman's wife. Nick Offerman's wife, in what? In that one show with Deborah Messing. What was that show? No, not Nick Offerman's wife. The guy from, um, the guy from that show about uh, a plane in like Rhode Island, a plane company. She was married to that guy in that sh- in that second show. Oh, I have no idea. The guy who was in Tony Shalhoub was in that show too. Not the one she was in, but the one that, with the other guy. Who was that dude? What's his name? Wait. Fuck. I forget what it was called. <laughs> and his favorite, the guys in the, sh- in the show that Deborah Messing was in with that guy, his favorite show was Mr. Belvedere. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Anyway. What, are you looking it up? Yeah, I'm looking it up. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to pause it while you look it up. Yeah, that's it. Ned and Stacy. Ned and Stacy. Yeah. And Ned was whatever that guy is from that show with Tony Shalhoub. Taxi? No, whatever it was. Anyway, yeah, I like Ned and Stacy. But <laughs> in this, in Seinfeld, yeah, he looks at her. She goes, she makes the dentist jokes. And she goes, yeah, all the blacks and Jews, too. We're talking about the blacks and Jews. And he's like, huh? And he throws his head back. <laughs> yeah, it's such a, he's got such a big fucking mouth. Yeah. He's got a lot of teeth. Big teeth. He's got a teeth. lot of big teeth. I mean, looking back on that, what network executive was like, we got to build a show on this guy? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was, think they kind of joke about it in the actual show. What? When he How? goes to like CBS or NBC or whatever. Yeah. And they're just like, okay, so you just want to do a show about your life? And he's just like, yeah. Yeah, it's about nothing. It worked. Yeah, it did work. I mean, they must have been... I mean, at that time, too, they were like comics. I guess that's the future. That's where all the money's made. They were right, right. though. They he were made right. a lot of money off him. He made $2 million an episode They're of last year. They're still making money off of him. Mm-hmm. $2 million a week. Off of stupid faces and slap bass. Remember the beginning when they started to do stand-up about the episode, and then they just kind of abandoned that? Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, what are, we, what are we doing? Nobody cares about this part. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but they had a show early on. They were like, that's how we will show them a stand up, too. Yeah. And use some of my jokes. <laughs> and they're like, Jerry, your, your stand up's not that great. <laughs> your stand up sucks. It's just like, it's just there. My friend Mark Norman really likes it. But all the other old timers I talked to were like, nah, they were never really that impressed by him. No. Like stand up was. But they hit a good work ethic. And I guess I, that goes a long way. I guess. I know other people that have had good work ethics, too. Remember that movie, Comedian? Yeah. And Orny Adams had all his jokes he ever wrote, like, categorized and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, that seems like a good work ethic, too, but it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. didn't get him any further than Comedian. <laughs> yeah, true. And then the asshole from Comedian. <laughs> Artie Lang was doing an impression of him. My friend Morris, he sent it to me. Of, of Orny Adams just getting angry over like nothing <laughs> like what's this re- these receipts are too long why are these receipts too long and you're like what are you mad about Orny just be like these receipts are too long huh yeah like why I don't understand why you're angry about it why is that such a terrible thing yeah 
<laughs> yeah, Unless get, you're like passionate about the the earth and uh-huh. wasting paper. Yeah, then maybe. I don't think he was though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're here in Kanapali Beach. Yep. So what it is in Lahaina, waiting to get chased away by. Security. Airport security or hotel security? Airport security. <laughs> hotel security. <laughs> um, you have no problems at all bringing drugs in, huh? No. They don't even check. They don't even check. Well, leaving from Denver, it's super easy. Um, just because weed is legal there. I know, they don't have drug dogs or anything like that. I just threw it in my carry-on. Yeah, in Amsterdam. Although I didn't see anybody checking, but I heard people get in trouble there, like taking it with them. Yeah. Because they think everybody's going to. But then again, why would they care? Right, why it's would they care? someone else's problem. Yeah. Oh, you're smuggling this to some other country? Right. We don't care if they've legalized it or not. What's the difference? Yeah. And what if you're flying to Denmark? The worst that would happen in Denver is they would tell me to mail it home. They would literally say mail it home? They'd be like, hey, just mail it to your house here in Denver. Really? Yeah. And then the, if you had enough time to go out there. And yeah, if I had enough time, which I did. Do they have office... like? postal boxes at the airport that yeah. seems like prime ira targets yeah they do letter bombs <laughs> i well, thought that last time it only would reach security though it wouldn't reach like inside i want i would if if it were me i would want someone to put the letter bomb in like where the tsa eats lunch <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? Like, terrorize, <laughs> but don't terrorize everybody else. Remember that guy who shot a bunch of TSA people at LAX? Yeah, yeah. And everybody was like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> there was no, like, outrage or, like, well, no. none of us are safe. People are just like, okay, well, wow, at least it was just the assholes. Yeah. It's kind of violent, if you ask me. But that's it. There was no, like, we got to protect the children. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was no public policy changes. No. Just like, no, right. And they're like, okay, well. And no one else even got hurt. Well, it was that pretty sucks, clear I guess. Not, to, not to hurt travelers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was just those guys. Oh, anyway, all right. Well, what better day? Halloween. Halloween. Does not feel like in Halloween Maui. here. No. No feeling. No matter how hard they try to decorate everywhere, it just does not look scary at all. It's funny what the guy said about Christmas being even more ridiculous. Yeah, Santa on on a surfboard. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds ridiculous. Yeah. This place is nutty. Yeah. Um, We met Edgar's mom and stepdad yesterday. Yeah. Booze with him a little bit. Yeah, she's rad. She's rad. Tony's pretty rad. Yeah. She said, we're just kicking it in Kanapali Beach. Yeah. <laughs> Waiting for you to get home. I'm snorkeling. Um, anyway, I want to talk about cancer. Can we do that? Yeah. Okay. So, when did you... Okay. How old were you when you, when you got it? When you got diagnosed? Uh, I was 18. 18? Yeah. Damn, Almost bro. a decade ago. How, now, who... So what happened? You go into the doctor or you're already feeling symptoms? No, I wasn't feeling symptoms. Um, I just turned 18, which is pretty much the age where girls go get their first pap smear. What is a pap smear? Pap smear is just a lady checkup. They go inside. They take jelly and finger you? Finger blast you with jelly? finger blast you with jelly. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Petroleum jelly. Lube. Is there any sexual um, pleasure out of that? 
No. Zero. Zero. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you, I guess the same as two. It's kind of, you feel kind of uh, violated, violated when you're done. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, I went in for just my normal checkup. Does anyone call it pap schmear? I'm sure. Is that just Jews? I'm sure. <laughs> just, just you. Okay. Just you. <laughs> I was going to do a podcast with Bridget Everett. And uh, and she goes, I can't. It was like a Tuesday. She said, I can't Tuesday. I'm getting my pop smear. I'm like, let's just do it while you're getting that. Oh my god! And she was like, I already know. I'm like, what's the difference? It'd be so cool. We can talk about it as it's happening, and then talk about whatever else we wanted to talk about. Get that. Doesn't make that. Noise. Get that in there. Anyway, okay. So you, sorry. So you you go in for this pap smear. Pap yeah. smear. Um. And basically, they just take a look around. They take a couple samples of your urine. And basically, what happened was that it came back with results of dysplasia, which means irregularity in cell growth. Hold on. Okay. Irregularity in cell growth. Yeah. Okay. And so... What did? What came back with that? Um, just... It just came back... The pap smear came back irregular. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so then what they do at that point is they go in and take a biopsy, which they just clip out a little chunk of your skin in the irregular part Okay. and test it for cancer. Okay. So they call you to home. Yes. Right? Like a few weeks, a month later, whatever it is. It was like, it was like a week later. A week later and said, Hey, how, did you talk to them or leave a message or what? I talked to them. And were they distressed or were they just like, eh, No, my know. doctor was a rock star. She was really cool. She was very chill. Yeah. She's like, don't freak out. It's just irregular. We'll set up an appointment for... What's her last name? Uh, Jody Heyer. Okay, I can't tell what race that is. Sounds just white. She's a cute little blonde chick. Okay. Anyway. Okay. We talked over the phone, and it's she said, we're going to schedule an appointment with uh, basically a radiologist who can read... Deeper? Read deeper into it. But was she like, was she just like, eh, this is usually no big deal? Or was she like, this might be something we really need to do this right now? Yeah, I mean, she, there was a little bit of urgency in her voice, but there, it wasn't like, hey, freak out, this is something serious. It was just kind of like, hey, um, this is something that you should be aware of. Let's just look at it and check into it. And we'll get your results back in a couple weeks. And we'll get your results back in a couple, okay. Okay. Yeah. And now, during this time... Are you worried? You must have looked up what that must what that might mean, right? Yeah, I looked it up. I was I was concerned. I wasn't too worried though. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're eighteen, it doesn't happen to eighteen year olds. Yeah. Well, and at this point, I was still a virgin. Whoa. Oh, and so they had irregularity in your vagina. <laughs> That's what they call it in the doctor's office. <laughs> vagina. Vagina. <laughs> you have vaginosis <laughs> in your vagina. <laughs> um, yeah. So you were still a virgin. That's that's the kind that's that's usually get from from sex. It's usually from HPV. Okay. It was cervical dysplasia. Cervical dysplasia. Okay. So then they did the biopsy. The sample came back, and it was cancerous. Cancerous. Not, cancerous. Not precancerous. Straight no. up cancerous. Cancerous. And how long have they said it had been going? It, I don't know. They don't know. They can kind of 
guess. Yeah. But probably about six months to a year. That it had been like moving along. Yeah. Damn, interesting. Did you have any history of it in your family? Um, no, not really. Okay, so they said it's cancerous. Damn. So what? What was the thought then? Like, what would you do then? Um, I freaked out. I cried. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's scary. I was just about to start college, which is already scary. Oh yeah. So it was just a really rough time, and I knew at that point that I was going to be going through rigorous treatment and surgeries and a lot right. of a lot of body changes. Mm-hmm. You know, while I'm also going through life changes. Yeah, you're 18, 18 to 25. It's like a huge... Yeah. Huge jump. Yeah. So, yeah, it was it was scary. But my family is extremely supportive and, you know, they were there for me. Yeah. And I had a pretty tight-knit group of friends that carried me through. So that was, that was good. Wait, okay, so they tell you you have cancer. Yeah. And then... They called you in to tell you that, or they just told you over the phone? Um, they called me in to tell me that. And because so then we had to go over treatment options. Right then? Yeah. Who were you with? Your dad and your mom? Yeah. Did you keep going to college? I mean, did you start? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Where'd you go? Wartburg College in Waverly, Iowa. Okay. That's where you're from, Iowa? Yeah. So, they tell you you got cancer. It's a year in. And then, what are the options they gave you? Like, what, what do they tell you at that meeting? Well, at that point... It was pretty much pinpointed just to my cervix. And so they said there's a few different methods that they could go about getting rid of these irregular cells. Yeah. Either they can go in and try cryotherapy, which is pretty rudimentary and on, only for like precancerous cells. Yeah. And then they can do. Freezing it off. Freezing it off, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then they can go in and scrape it out or surgically remove it. Or you could start chemotherapy and try and shrink the cells, and then they can go in and remove it. What's the reason for that? Why shrink it before removing it? Um, so that it's not invasive. Oh, right. Because otherwise they got to cut out a big portion of you? Right. Oh, man. Damn. So, okay. So how long, how long did you get to decide that? Yeah, about a month. And they say, we, like, would you, okay. Yeah. So what'd you tell him? I decided to go with chemo. Right away? Yeah. Okay. Did, did any part of you start thinking like, I'm just not going to deal with it? This is not true? Did you want to get a second opinion? Oh, of course. I, well, I definitely got a second opinion. Yeah. Um, I went to two other doctors. Yeah. Basically the same thing. Damn. Um, I definitely was in denial. I mean, when they told me that, I was just like, I... But I'm healthy. I'm totally healthy. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Never done anything wrong. You know, like, what what did I do to deserve this? You know? I don't know. It was was really tough. But at the same time, I was like, I mean, I've been pretty strong my entire life. So I was a (laughs) go-getter. So I just had to deal with it and... Start doing chemo. Start doing it, yeah. (sighs) Okay. Did you look at any other, like, alternative methods? Like the... the cra- like you marijuana? Know? Sure, shit like that, though. <laughs> marijuana, meditation, fucking, yeah. you know, some treatment in, in Chile or something like that. Yeah, um... 
I looked into a bunch of Western medicine oils and therapy and oils, different nutrients and vitamins and stuff that you could take. Yeah, as a daily regimen, but I don't know. I just didn't. I kind of just wanted to get it over with, you know. Yeah. I didn't want to take any risks. At that point, what do they say the odds were? Like, how bad do they say it was? Like, how spread out was it in your body? And what were the odds of survival? And Odds of survival were good. Yeah? Yeah. Back then? Back then. And did they say this is, this is going to be the end of your, like, reproductive life? Uh, they didn't really know at that point. Okay. Um, they said they, they would worry about that after I finished my first round of treatment. Okay. And then they would take a second look and, you know, see what I, how I was doing and where I was at. And um, I was at about between a stage three and stage four at that point. Out of how many? Five. Okay. Five is like terminal. You're going to die in like less than a month. Oh, my friend had that. They found him a stage five lung cancer. Oh, my God. And they tested him. He was gone in like a month. Yeah. And when I say my friend... I really mean some guy we all hated. Oh. <laughs> it was around the comedy store. Oh, <laughs> I guess I shouldn't say that. He was oh, just an man. annoying guy. It sounds like he got what was coming to him. Not what was coming to him. But like, <laughs> but like everyone was like, can you believe it? Fat James died. Oh my God. It's so sad. Yeah. And then it was like, guys, what do you mean? If anyone had to die, aren't we happier that it's someone we all disliked? <laughs> <laughs> Even over a random person that we never met. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, that's so mean. I'm like, how mean to who? It's nice to the other living people. <laughs> yeah, true, true. We would cross, if we saw him on Melrose and stuff, we would cross the street. If we saw him, I was like, oh, fuck, it's Fat Chance. We'd like, not really? see him all the time. Well, then, I mean, yeah. How is that mean? It's better he's gone. Yeah. For us, not for his family and stuff, but he would come into the store once a year. Hey, how you guys been? Ah, oh, God damn it. Why did you guys hate him? He was super needy, like super needy. Lonely. Yeah, lonely. I mean, there was a lot of it, but but we, yeah. I mean, that was the reason for his neediness, but it didn't have to result in neediness, the loneliness. You know. True. We know a lot of lonely people at the comedy store, and some just keep to themselves. Caparulo called him a careerosaurus. <laughs> that every time he'd pull into the parking lot, he was he worked a lot, a lot, and then Cap wouldn't even he would just open the door and Fat James would be like hey, oh my god I got this big audition for this commercial yeah oh they tell me this I'm doing two episodes of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and it's like alright man let me get my foot out on the street first before you fucking hit me let me get a foot out of the car yeah yeah anyway whatever sorry so <laughs> so you got a month before you start treatment now how do you handle it at that point you're like I'm gonna do this yeah what's that month like uh, it's a lot of the unknown, you know? I mean... I mean, do you tell your people friends? Can, people can tell you what the symptoms of chemotherapy are uh-huh. over and over and over again. Yeah. But it's different for every single person out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody's attitude is different about it. So it... Kind of like kinda everything, just, right? What? Kind of like everything. Yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. Like everything in life, you know, you... You have to have a good attitude going into something like that because if you don't, your results could be drastically different. You really? could have a really terrible time and oh, a negative outcome. Yeah, I think attitude affects everything, physically, mentally, everything. You think it affects the treatment of the cancer? Absolutely. 
like if you're going this sucks it would it would make the chemo less likely to succeed than going like hey at least i'm alive i got good friends and family yeah, in america yeah, hmm. yeah positive okay. attitude helped me through a lot do they tell you that um my doctor did she was she was great though yeah um okay so do you tell your friends at this point over the, that month um i told my closest friends yeah she don't I, have to tell anybody or you just tell them well i think that they kind of knew not to tell anybody yeah and what you know? what was that like what do they say they freaked out more than i did yeah yeah they were scared you yeah. know but I think, you know, another another thing about being 18 when this happened was no one at 18 years old really knows... Has any experience. Has any experience in it. You know, yeah, they yeah. maybe see their grandparents have cancer, but they don't actually see it firsthand. Yeah, they're not there with them during the treatments. Right. Yeah, so it's I, almost like, you know, she's 80. That's what people get, I guess, then. Right, right. I think, that's, I think that's kind of like the idea in kids' heads when they hear cancer they think old people dying yeah it seems so foreign yeah so i think a lot of people were just like oh my god you're dying and it wasn't that it was not that at first right wow okay and what are your what are your parents and your, and your uh siblings my mom is highly emotional yeah so she was always yes always she's always stressed out always yeah she should not get cancer. <laughs> um, no, she's really healthy. Both my parents are. Um, but, you know, a lot of times I just had to be like, Mom, just relax. Everything's going to be fine. Yeah. You know, everything's great. We have great doctors. You know, I was like almost like helping her through it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but... And my brothers were are four years younger than I am, so they have no idea. They're fourteen. They're just yeah. Like, they just don't know, you yeah. know. Um. I had a, and my dad, yeah. he's hilarious, and he was all, he's always positive and happy. So it was it was fine. He stayed like that. Yeah. I had an acting teacher who said when we used to, have to do these improvs, we would set up a couple things and then like go. Yeah. So it's like. Um, I got to come in and tell my friend that uh, I slept with his wife, you know, okay. or I slept with his wife. I'm coming in to tell him yeah. that he's got something that I don't know about. Like, I don't know. His mom has cancer, let's say. Okay. And so then I come in to tell him I slept with his wife. But then if he hits me with that first, I'm like, well, I'm probably not going to say it. Yeah. But I still want to, but like this isn't the right time. Right. So it's like this back and forth kind of thing. And um, one of the things my acting teacher said was like, don't come from a place of like, if I do this, then I'll lose my job or then I'll die or then I'll go to prison because people get like heroic about their own stuff. Right. But they go from a place of like my sister will get put in prison if, you know, this doesn't come sure, through. Yeah, yeah. At that point, people are like, oh, well, I got to take care of it. I can't just take the five years if it's my sister. Yeah. Like I got to fix it. Yeah. You know, um, seems like that with your friends. Absolutely. They're like, oh, fuck, this is crazy. And you're like, well, you know, I can just I can deal with it. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so then you start chemo. What? What? Tell me what chemo is. Chem- what chemo is? Yeah. Um, it's an intravenous medicine that needle in your arm. A needle in your arm. You go in. Uh, it depends on. It depends on literally everything. What type of medicine you're doing. 
um, how aggressive your cancer is, where your cancer is, and um, like how old you are, what health conditions you have, like how healthy you are. Everything goes in, like all these factors go into it. And then you realize the time that it takes to sit down and do it. So for me at 18, perfectly healthy, of, of course, you know, ex- with the exception, but right. um, not crazy aggressive cancer, but it's there. It's pretty substantial. So I was in there for about a half an hour every treatment. Every treatment, half an hour. Now, now if you're less healthy than then the chemo, what are they going to take the radiation down some because you won't survive it? Right. So if you're strong, if you're an ox and like you can handle this. Right. Oh, I get it. But if yes. you're not, then you're like, yeah, you if you're take weak, it down. they do a bunch of little treatments rather than big treatments. Okay. But if you're, if they do little treatments, they're probably not as effective on killing the cancer. Um, it, nah, I don't think it really changes that much. Really? Then why would never just do little treatments? Get it over with. Yeah. It's a time thing. Do they ever do pills? Yeah. For chemo? They yeah, do? there's there's pill form. And it's just radiation? It's just radiation. So you're taking radiation pills or taking ra- a radiation IV? Radiation yeah. IV. Basically, as soon as you're done, well, not as soon as you're done, but, you know, like a few hours after you're done with the treatment. Yeah. You know when you get a cold and your throat gets all raw from coughing? Yeah. Yeah. Imagine your veins feeling like that. Ooh. That's exactly how I can describe it. It's hard to imagine. Yes, I know it is. But like your whole body just feels raw. Like it feels, it feels raw, basically. Raw. Yeah. What do you mean? Explain that. Like sore, agitated, weak. Like hangover? No, no. (laughs) Hangovers I can handle. (laughs) Mushroom hangover? Hang under. <laughs> Hang under. But like, describe, like, compare it to something that I can like, but like, worse than what? Well, I mean, I. There's really nothing that's comparable. My friend Duncan had ball cancer, and he said he took it. He said it was kind of like um, when you're when you're in the back seat and you're texting and you get like nauseous, like motion sickness, nausea. One hundred percent of the time. time. Yes. Oh, that must be not. not Like you just feel disoriented. You feel out of it. You're weak. You're exhausted. You're nauseous. You have. You get mouth sores. I got mouth Mouth sores. sores? Mouth sores. Like canker sores. Yeah, but like big ones, open, bloody. Oh. I lost my toenails. I lost my fingernails. All my hair. Yeah. From the radioactivity. Yes. Now, the main thing I hear as a reason not to do chemo is like, how is it supposed to fix your body when you're just putting in more cancer-causing agents? Because it's destroying the cancer cells. Okay. And it won't give you new cancer? Or no. is that a fear? Well, that's, that's always a fear. But if they suggest it, I think they kind of know that it won't or that you have a low risk of that happening. Yeah. Yeah. I, a part of me is always like, whenever there's like, well, you know, doctors do this, but sometimes this results in, some, you know, something negative. I'm like, yeah, but the doctor knows. Yeah. How, how high up do you want it? That's good. Um, like my, I got eye surgery. LASIK. Okay. 
And they're like, you know, you might go blind. I'm like, yeah, but that doesn't really happen that much. Yeah, exactly. And if it did, the, the, I don't know, he'd be out of business. The only times, really, that chemotherapy has a really negative effect yeah. is when you're, you're in a, a really drug? high stage. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone do chemo as a party drug? <laughs> Dude, it'll fuck New you on the up. street. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, yes. We got these crazy pills, man. They turn your piss neon green. Do they really? Does it, does it turn your piss neon um, green? No. You kind of glow. Your body? Your skin? Your, your skin. Wow. It's, yeah. With with really high amounts of radioactivity, of course, you're going to fucking glow. Glow. But. Now, was there any, this seems like a joke, but was there any thought of like, I will get superpowers from this? <laughs> That has been the joke for Always. almost 10 years. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't want to make obvious jokes. <laughs> no, it's cool. <laughs> One time I had a girlfriend and she had Tang in her, in her, uh, in her fridge. She's yeah. like, what do you want? Orange juice? Tang? And I was like, you got any purple stuff? And she was like, yeah, I haven't heard that one before. <laughs> I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> um. So, okay, so it breaks you down, everything aches. What are the other side effects besides, like, glowing skin? Do you, does your skin glow, for real? A little bit, yeah. Not like, obviously, you're not like, shot, like, you're not glowing you're in the dark. You're not like, you don't look like an alien or anything. Yeah. But, but. Yeah, you glow a little bit, you're, it's, it's weird. You what just, mean? you just feel like there's, like, liquid electricity flowing through your veins. Liquid electricity. Yeah. Fuck. It's pretty harsh. You're yeah. achy. And you were in college during this or you were Yeah, at I home? was going through college. So how'd you handle it? How'd you handle classes and that? I just went to class. Just had to I had to have as much normality as possible to keep me going through it. Okay. Cuz if I if I felt reluctant or like I was I don't know. You know, confidence was ruined because I was losing all my hair and like looking all sickly and oh yeah, it must have been tough a, to date. A ton of weight. Yeah. Um, I had a boyfriend at the time, and yeah. You know, that didn't work. Yeah, it didn't work out. Didn't last through the cancer. No. Where, no. Did he go to your college? Yeah. He did. He graduated two years before I did. In college. Yes. But when you went there, so you were dating a guy. I was dating a guy right when I started college that you already knew yeah oh okay okay someone going to his junior year yeah looking up their freshman virgin yeah nice <laughs> <laughs> um that's totally irrelevant to the story yeah 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 all right well how long did he stay around um he was around until i think it was about a month into my senior year of college. Oh, that's a long time. Yeah. Oh, that's. that's it wasn't funny. good though. The Brett relationship. Yeah. Why? It just wasn't right. Yeah. I think both of us wanted it to be so badly, but it just like it was just. Maybe I just leaned on him for support because mm-hmm. of what I was going through, but you know. A lot of times, things like that are like, oh, our relationship only exists in a different category. Right. You know. And then as soon as I started getting healthier, you know, um, we both realized that this, it just wasn't, mm. yeah. Yeah. That's a long time. When you said it didn't work, I always thought it was be like, you got cancer? So long, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I mean, in 
in so many words. Three years in, though. Yeah. And he was graduated from college. Yeah. That would have broken up anyway. Yeah. He was living in a different city. Yeah. I started college uh, a couple years later. I went to Israel for two years. So then all the freshmen I was freshman with, they came in and they were like, um, you know, I got this boyfriend. He went to this school. I'm going to this school. You know, he's two states away. We're going to make it work. And I was like, oh, yeah, it ain't going <laughs> to. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, good luck. No, long distance work. relationships never yeah. Yeah. work. And they all think it's going to. And it's like, I, I only know this because I've had two years of my friends. <laughs> not, it's cute. Not winning. It's cute that they want it to. Yeah. Yeah. But it just doesn't work that way. Just break up. And if it works later, it works later. Yeah. Um, want another drink? Yeah. Should pause and go get more drinks. Let's pause it and get some more drinks. Okay. Wait, where are we now? In the middle of chemo. Yes. Okay. Ooh, this microphone's hot. It's hot yeah. from the beach. <laughs> from the sun. Did you eat that ice cube? Ooh, I better. Did it already melt? Nope. <laughs> I love watching how fast stuff melts in the sun. I know. And how water evaporates. I got in the pool and dried off in less than two minutes. In less than two minutes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, it's so nice drying off from the shower in, in, the, in the sun of the deck. Yeah. God. Yeah, it's real nice. Um, okay, so how long did they say you had to do chemo? Or did they tell you what to expect or not? They told me anywhere from 14 to 20 treatments. 14 to 20 treatments. Okay. And it was once every week. Okay. So 14 to 20 weeks. I mean, that's not the longest amount of time. No. You know, three to six months, three to five well, months. Well, at that point, then after that, they were going to check everything. Do another biopsy, do another uh, CT scan, or ultrasound uh-huh. situation where then they would figure out if they could go in and just scrape out the rest. Or that's the do plan. surgery. That was the plan. They want to get it down far enough where they can just go and scrape it. Right. And explain to them how cancer works. If they can just scrape it, then they're fine. If they can not just necessarily. Like, okay. They need to weaken the cells so that they don't attach to any of your regular cells, your healthy cells. So because like, yeah. if they have that to thrive off of, that's where their growth comes from. The healthy cells. Right. So if I got, let's say I got finger cancer. Okay. Let's just say I don't know, whatever. Like the tip of my finger cancer. Okay. They could, if they cut off the tip of my finger, it would be gone or not be gone. Yeah, potentially it'd be gone. If it's only like halfway through the tip of my finger, let's say. If it didn't get into your bloodstream before. Bloodstream. I mean, there's a lot of factors, you know, blood vessels, blood, if it gets into your blood, if it gets into your lymph nodes, that's when it's potentially lethal. Okay. That's when it's really dangerous. Okay. My friend had that kind of cancer, JP, and he had to, um, he had to get, um, every... He had to get something. So Did I meet JP? No, he's a high school friend. Oh, okay. Um, but he had to get um, stuff to put his lymph. No. What's this? What's right in here, like in the neck, throat area? There's like something on the inside there. Your lymph nodes? Maybe. it keep you awake? Oh. It regulates your like sleep. Whatever it is. But he had to go off it every like first every month and every two months and every four months and every you know year. Just so they could test whether the cancers come back. But yeah. whenever he went off it, he would just pass out randomly. We'd play really? Scrabble and be like, yeah, I'll make this move. And then, oh, gone. Like, oh. What? 
and nothing wow, regulated. Yeah, it was, was crazy. Oh, serotonin levels? Is that it? No, 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 no. Something no. more intense than that. Yeah, it's something you've heard of. Well, I've heard of serotonin. Okay, too. yeah, yeah. No, yeah. it's a specific part of the body. Trachea. No, that's throat. Thyroid. Thyroid. Yes, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Thyroid. Okay. So we had to get thyroid medication to like fill in. Because yeah. it's gone. They had to take out his thyroid. I know That's someone it. who's on the same stuff. Really? He's on the same medication. Yeah. Right. That's it. Thyroid cancer. Anyway, so they tell you between that many and that many treatments, and hopefully they can get it down enough. Right. They can scrape out the rest. Yes. And then if they did that, then they would just have to, like, check on it? Yeah. Basically, like... Uh, to make sure it doesn't come back? Yeah. They would do... They would start you out at, at a month... And then, you know, do a month, probably for three or four months, and then you'd go to three months, you know, four times a year, and then you'd go to six months, and then... Because less chance of coming back if it hasn't right, come back. Right, Okay, right. okay. So, okay, so you're doing this treatment. Yes. And it's giving you all this nausea, and your yeah. fingernails fell out? Fingernails fell off, my toenails fell off, my eyelashes. Your eyelashes fell off. Yeah. I was really nauseous, threw up a bunch, really sick. Yeah. Uh, lost all of my hair, lost a lot of weight. All your hair? Yeah, I lost all my hair. Just completely bald. I wore wigs, hats. Yeah. I mean, think about it. You're in college, you know, you're trying to make friends, you're trying to <sighs> yeah. find who you are, be who you are. And yeah. I was just like this weird, weirdo, sick girl. Oh, yeah. That's all they knew of you. Yeah, pretty much. You've always been sick to them. Yep. Yeah. And I, like I said, people at that age don't really know how to deal with that particular illness because they don't know a lot about it. They don't know a lot. Right, right, right. So what do they do? Do you get anybody who just like didn't want to talk to you at all? Oh, yeah. Who just like... "Eh." Yeah, there were people that were weirded out by me and like would just avoid me altogether. Really? Yeah. In the dorms and stuff? Yeah. (laughs) Almost like I would be contagious or something. Hmm. Did anybody kind of feel like that? Yeah. We're like, I don't want to. Yeah. I had this running joke with my friend with cerebral palsy that whenever we shake hands, I, I go wash off my hand because I don't want to get it. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you can get it like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a terrible CP, but like, but, <laughs> I'm Man, like, I know, but better safe than sorry. <laughs> He's like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> well, I mean, we're just friends. So we like fuck with each other. I know. Um, um, yeah. <laughs> so, but were people like legitimate, like kind of like that? Not like yeah. fully like, I think I can get this from you, but kind of like, eh, no, they just, just didn't want to deal with it because right. they didn't know how to deal with it. And that's how people mostly are about anything. Avoidance. Avoidance. Yeah. You know, if like, if I don't know how to deal with a mentally challenged person, I'm going to avoid that person. Right. You know? Yeah. It was kind of the same thing. Yeah, like I was, too. I was, de- I was disabled, you know. Yeah, and to some degree. And even if you weren't like talking a lot about it and like saying "woe was me" all the time, it's still like people, I'm sure, felt like you were probably going to say that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So then it's like ah, I got to get away from this girl, right? And if they ask, like, "Well, has she ever been negative?" And like, mm, I guess not. But yeah. No one ever says that. I wasn't ever really negative at all. I mean, yeah. there was a couple times. There was a couple times where I had. A breakdown or two, you know, mm-hmm. where I was just like, God, this sucks. All I want to do is make friends. All I want to do is move on with my life. I have to do with this shit, you know. Yeah. Because so. if you wanted to shave your head, it's like yeah. a college thing to do. But like it's your decision. Right. And so then you're like, yeah, I shave my head. So what? Fuck you. 
Yeah. Instead of like, yeah, I lost my hair. I didn't want to. It wasn't my decision. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I guess I didn't really feel like either way about it. When I shaved my head, I was just like, oh, it's gone. You know, yeah. I wasn't going to keep like little patches you here and there. Okay. Yeah. So that's what happened. It got patchy. Yeah. I got patchy and I just shaved it off. And a couple of my friends shaved their heads with me, which was cool. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. You see people in high school doing that now, huh? Yeah. Every, the whole team shaves For, their like, head. For like kids that get leukemia and yeah, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. It's really cool. Uh-huh. Makes them feel... Not alone. Not alone, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who's going to be the asshole? Like, well, I'm not shaving my head. <laughs> like at that point you'd be like a jerk like, fuck you man we yeah. all did it we all did it then you're the outcast and no one's friends with you yeah yeah for when fat james got cancer we were all really annoying to each other <laughs> to make him feel like he wasn't alone in all of it <laughs> that's great <laughs> you can talk about him now because he's dead <laughs> um <laughs> he was so annoying anyway whatever so um so okay so now you do 14 treatments and what are they saying i go in to my doctor and i'm feeling really really weak and sick okay um and there's a little bit of bad news so it had spread to my uterus and my left ovary. Okay. And it, by spread, I don't mean like it completely engulfed all of that part. It, it just, just spread over. out a little bit and so moved over. Where's your cervix? Right here. Okay. Where's your ovary? Right here. Oh, side, side. Yeah. And then, you know. Oh, I know. What the, I remember the chart now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, looking back at sex ed, you remember yeah. now? Yeah, that's like the two little, like the eyeballs yep. yeah, on the alien. Because <laughs> they never showed it to us in a real badge. <laughs> they just showed it to us on like this other thing, like the, the innards. And I'm like, well, how does this relate to, to a real thing? Yeah. Where's the clit? Show us that and the G spot. <laughs> show us how to do ovaries. it. <laughs> yeah, show us how to do it right. I heard this guy, Andrew Maxwell in Edinburgh. He was like, how do you find the clit? He goes, there's one guy in the rowboat. And he always sits in the front. <laughs> that's that's how you find it. What, what do you mean? Oh my god, that's a really great <laughs> description. Yeah. Oh, oh, that little girl's the the little girl from Iowa. I we we met her in the elevator the other day. Oh uh, yeah. Yep. Iowa girls are the best girls. That's right. Her dad's got that fat belly. Oh, she's got this Barbie speedboat. I always wanted one of those. Well, you're. And Ken never would drive. It would always be Barbie. What do you mean? Because the guy always drives the speedboat. So what do you mean? Oh, if you had it. If I had it, Barbie would would be the driver. I gotta be honest. I I mean, I know there's a lot of like male (laughs) dominating and stuff, but if a girl wants to drive, it's like fucking go for it. Right? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, unless it's a fun thing to drive once in a while, but I'm just gonna be on the side looking over. Yeah. It was probably nice for you when I was driving through Hana, or the road to Hana. Yeah. Half. did half. Well, <laughs> I got all the way there. Yeah, but you got to, like, see all of the sights on the way back. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. Yeah. No, I didn't want to drive all the way back. I was on the inside, so I didn't get to see out, like, you know, while you were driving. The ocean was to your left. Oh, you had to look. I'm, I was looking, like, at... The, the, the mountain. mountain. Oh, yeah. Which was still pretty cool. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah, I could see right over the edge. Yeah. It was cool. Those waterfalls were fucking rad. Yeah. 
I wish I knew there were no snakes in Hawaii before I tried to go into that cave. Yeah. That's what I my totally chief concern gone with on. was that cave, yeah. like a snake to- swimming at us. I totally would have gotten on those rocks and gone in there. Yeah. It didn't look like it went that deep. And if I had a torch of some kind or, or a flashlight, I mean. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, okay. Anyways, anyway. So it spread to your right. ovaries and, and your what? And my uterus. And your uterus. Just on the left side. Okay. Um, and I was really, really sick. You mm-hmm. know, I had lost, I completely lost my hair. I was really ill, weak, you know, treatment was ruining me. Yeah. So at that point, I, they couldn't do any more treatments because I was, because I was so sick. Okay. Yeah. So I had to take a break and they went in and scraped the cervix. They're like, we're going to go in and try and take care of this while we can. Okay. And then was, was had it shrunk in the cervix? Huh? Had it shrunk in the cervix? Yes. It had? Yeah. So, okay, I'm imagining it as like a blob. Okay. And so like if it's this big, if it's this big circle, mm-hmm. it kind of like shrinks this way, but also kind of goes out to the right. Yeah. But it's like getting less overall, but yes. it's getting to new, to new like right. nations Right, right. It just attached to healthier cells. Oh, that's what it wants. Right. Okay. So, at that point, um, I took a break from treatment. They went in and removed some of my cervix. Okay. Um, and then I was just really sick, you know, yeah. for a few weeks. remember being in the hospital for a couple weeks at a time, you know, just really sick, weak, whatever. Yeah. Really nothing I could do. They just had to monitor it, you know. Can you feel it inside you? Could no. you imagine you could? No, there was a lot of pain surrounding that area. From the scraping or from just from, it's just, just there from, in general? Just from all of it. I mean, I could feel that that was like the epicenter of all the shit, but I, it's not like you can feel it like growing inside of you. Moving around. Something's happening to me. <laughs> walking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can't feel the cells mutating. Something's happening. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, um, so you took a break. How long was it? I took a break for a few weeks. Okay, like probably a couple months. Yeah. And then, did your hair start growing back? Um, not right away. Because it can't. Because the uh, the radiation was still flowing through through my veins. Yeah, not right away. Um, and like you know, I don't remember a lot specifically during that time, just because I was so weak and and sick. I wasn't really focusing on anything. Mm-hmm. I was just trying to make sure that I got my schoolwork done and, like, you know, the, like to the best of my ability. What were your grades like? I was like straight B's. That's cool. Yeah. I used to tell everybody I got B's in college, even if I got A's or C's, because my thought process was if I tell you a B, if I say I got a B to an A student, they'll be like, no, eh, that's still fine. It's not like terrible. It's not like right. embarrassing. But if I tell I got a B to a C student, they're also like, all right, you're not a fucking nerd. Yeah. So no matter what I got, Straight I just said B. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Wouldn't offend anybody. <laughs> it wouldn't make anybody look down on me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a good way to look at it. Yeah. Middle of the road. Yeah. I mean, I tried for A's. I guess I got half B's and half A's. I got a lot of A's. 
towards the end of my college career, though, I, my grades slipped a little bit because I was just so fucking over it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Same as high school. That's yeah. why they don't bother so with the like, last se- half a senior get year. get me out of here. Yeah. I should have taken a break before I went to college, but I didn't. A lot of people don't in Iowa. No, most people don't. don't they go straight to college. I mean, in general, anyway. Yeah. But, Definitely know. take a break before grad school. Well, Tell everybody certainly. do that. I'm like, yeah. dude, you're about to start your like, fucking life of responsibility. Like, go work for at a bar for two years and just have yeah. some fun. And yeah. Do that family shit later. Um, okay, so you took a break for a few weeks. Yep, and then... Now, what's the what's your thought process now? Okay, now it's in your ovaries. You are hoping it's going to be gone in 14 right. weeks, right? That's your first hope. Like, it's going to be almost completely gone. You know, even though it had spread a little bit, I was still... I still felt accomplished. Yeah? I still felt like we... Like, we, we targeted this certain area, and it got rid of... A lot. We got rid of that. Okay. So, all that was left was just a little spillover... Into my uterus and my left ovary. So I was like, at this point, I was like, whatever, totally cool. At least I got most of it. So now it's just the easy part, you know? And yes and no. I mean, it was a small area, but it was, it's extremely hard to get in there and like target that specific area because it's so small and it's further inside than the cervix so it's harder for doctors it's harder for surgeons to get in there and like really really? yeah it's Um, deeper up how do they get in there laparoscopically what does that mean um they put a camera inside of you fill from where vagina no they actually didn't through my belly button okay and then they make a small incision isn't that arthroscopic for the arthroscopy laparoscopy isn't the same laparoscopic is well Orthoscopic? Orthoscopic surgery. That's what I have my knee. Arthros... No, what's the word? Orthoscopic is... Laparoscopic. No. Arthros... What is it? (laughs) Arthroscopic? What's the other one? Not laparoscopic, but the other one. (laughs) Orthoscopic? Orthoscopic. That sounds wrong. That's what you said originally. Yeah, I know, but I think I said it wrong. Arthroscopic surgery? Anyway, they went in laparoscopically. (laughs) Is that how it... Yeah, but they take a camera and they put it in there and they chase this thing around with a camera. Right. They put the camera in through my belly button. Oh, that's the scopic. (laughs) Jesus Christ. I don't know what ortho and lapo (laughs) means, but yeah. I think lapo means like your... This particular portion of your body. Maybe it's Uh, different for each portion of your body. Orthotics is feet, lap. There you go. It's almost definitely lap long, lap. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, they have to go in with the camera, make another incision so that they can blow that portion of your body with air, so that they can see what they're doing. So they like, blow it up, and then they see what they're doing, and then they go in with tools and they can operate. Blow it up so it all spreads out. Like they just blow it up with air, right? So they can they like. They want to get your skin out of the way so they can see what they're doing. Right, right, right. You know? So it becomes like a blowfish. So then it's like, yeah, then instead yeah. of everything being bunched up, they're all like separated. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it makes it easier for them. It's a quick and relatively painless surgery. Yeah. And I mean, I think that surgery itself took like 45 minutes, but they took out my left ovary. They took it out? They took it out. They knew they were going to? Yes. They already go in and going, we're going we're gonna to yeah. try and take this out. Yeah. Why? The cancer was over it? It was completely engulfed. Okay. 
So, I mean, so at this point, you know, from where I started to where they took out my left ovary, the cancer had become way more aggressive. It was growing rapidly. As soon as it got into my ovary, it was toast. So Engulfed it immediately. Yeah. Um, and then I went, and then I was healthy for a while. So I had a couple. Yeah. So basically like with the remaining radiation in my system and the couple surgeries that I had, they had gotten rid of pretty much everything. There were still some irregularities in my cells, but it wasn't enough to say that it was cancerous and it wasn't enough. It wasn't aggressive enough to the point where they were worried about it growing into something else. So sometimes I've, I've heard this. Sometimes people have cancer and they're like, you don't have to deal with it. You're not going to do anything. It's not that kind of cancer. Yeah. It's like a dormant cancer or something. Yep. It was dormant. Like living near a, a volcano. Like yeah. Like, there's nothing sure. to worry about here. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. But you're like, but what? It's a volcano. And you're like, I know. I know it seems bad, but it's it not. It seems that bad, kind of but volcano. it's really not. Yeah. Or having a tarantula. It's not active. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So wait. So cervix, they scraped. Ovary, left ovary, gone. Uterus. Uterus. Radiation. The remaining radiation took care of it. Knocked it out. Yeah. There were still some irregular cells, but they weren't cancerous. They were just, they were just whatever. And they're okay with the irregular cells being there? Yeah. They were just like, you know, we're going to keep an eye out because I had regular checkups. What is that? Like I said, um, every month, monthly for a year. Yeah. And then it went down and then it went to every three months. To keep looking at these irregular cells. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I was I was good for about I was in remission. There's different uh degrees of remission by the yeah. way. Okay. There's There's remission where you've completely beat it, where everything is completely gone. And then there's remission where there's some irregularities, but everything's cool. Nothing's there's no changes happening whatever. And then there's remission where like you're just you're healthy enough to stop treatment and not have to do surgeries and stuff like that but it's still there yeah so they just have you just have to take a break basically what do you mean like you take a break from treatment because you're not healthy you're not you're healthy enough where you're okay but if you continue treatment you'd be way unhealthy and probably not survive. Not able to tr- for your body to fight off right. cancer. So. so is remission at all like where it's like, it's not gone, but it's shrinking. It's in the process of shrinking. Yeah. So like, cool, we've got it. Kind of like when, um, whenever they have like Chronicles of Narnia or, or Lord of the Rings, when they're like, it's a big fight. Then all of a sudden it's like, we're driving them back. And it's like, there's still some skirmishes, but they're retreating. Right. Yeah. Like... Like, not the war. The war isn't one, but the the battle itself is one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like that. Okay. So, so anyway. Yeah. I was in the remission where there was some irregularities. I was healthy. Everything was cool. Nothing looked aggressive. Hair starts growing back? Hair starts growing back. Uh, fingernails start fingernails, growing back? Fingernails, eyelashes. Wait, hold on. Before we finish this remission stuff. What does your fingernails and toenails feel like with no nails it on them? It sucks. Is it super sensitive? Oh, Yeah. Like, if it bumps anything, I had to wear band-aids on each one of my fingers. It bumps anything what? If it bumps anything, it's like, it feels really, it's like when you get a sunburn, you know, and something bumps it, you're like, ah. Yeah. Except, like, worse. I don't know. I, you know, okay, wait. Here's a good indicator of, like, how it feels. When 
whenever you hear like nails on chalkboard or like have that feeling where you kind of cringe, uh-huh. imagine that feeling on your fingernails with that sensitivity of having like a sunburn being bumped. That's kind of what it feels like. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. You've never lost a toenail or anything? They cut. Um. I guess toenails are kind of different because your toes are a little bit more. I had an ingrown one. They had to cut off a slice of it a couple times. Yeah. And then it like grows back, but like, or the skin grows over it. But it's only like the corner. Yeah, that's nothing. But they say sometimes they'll like, they'll have to just take off the whole nail. And I always wondered like what would happen then. Because yeah. like the reason we have nails is because then it's protection, right? Right. Why don't we just have fingers and toes that go all the way to the end? What do we need the nail for? What are you protecting in there? Well, you need the nail for... I mean, it serves a purpose. Scratching? Yeah. Digging. I mean, I'm sure, like, that's... Origi- think back to, like, original human life. Well, then why did not it grow at the top? Needed, like, in the middle. I yeah, know. I guess. Digging. Yeah, I guess so. Digging. Opening things. Jars. <laughs> <laughs> open it. Yeah, you can't oh. open beers without, to- without right. fingernails. I mean, you can, kind of. Uh, with, like, those things actually difficult? Now that I think about it, with things like normal <laughs> stuff, of like, yes. fuck, how do I get this day bobby day, pin in my hair? Day-to-day things where I didn't have hair. All right, all right. Yeah, good point. Yeah, like, oh, problem solved. Yeah. Um, yeah, day-to-day things were, were weird. Um, sex was weird. Yeah. I could, I could have sex. It's the only way you had sex, though. After treatment was done. So they like hold off and losing your virginity for a while. Yeah, it sucked. Was there any thought of you going like, let me lose this virginity first, and then we can start treatment next week? <laughs> no, I wasn't in a hurry. Okay. Yeah. How come you waited till you were what nineteen? It's like I was about twenty. I was about twenty years old. Twenty. Yeah. Why waiting for the right guy? No, I think I just was waiting for the right moment. Full moon? Yeah, blood moon. (laughs) Blood moon. Um, Okay, so fine. So getting back to... uh, So remission. Yeah. I was in remission for a year and a half, almost two years. Feeling good. All the hairs growing back, fingernails are back. I I, everything was great. Everything was good. I finished college and then started working at this bar and... um, Applied for jobs all over the all over the country because I just didn't want to be around my home anymore, you know. Mm-hmm. And I felt good and healthy, and just wanted to move on with my life. You don't have to make an excuse to want to leave Iowa. Well, I mean, yeah. First <laughs> state to legalize gay marriage. Yes. yes. Such a shocker. Hands down. I mean, that's such a shocker. When you look back on yeah, that. yeah, looking well, and Iowa's a swing state. I don't you know? know what that means. And when it comes to it elections, goes both ways. when it comes to elections, it could go either way. Mm-hmm. So I was one of the states that candidates really try to get on their side because it, it could make a difference. All right, caucus, yeah. Iowa caucus. Yeah, that's an early one. So if you crush that, someone else is like, "Well, I'm not waiting for Michigan. I'm dropping out." Yeah, pretty much. Right, you can crush somebody right then. Yeah, that's how Obama did it. He just won a couple early ones, yeah. and then they're like, "Whoa." Soon I'll be able to take away Americans' right to have trial. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Um, so anyway, uh, moved to Colorado, started working, had a couple good appointment checkups. I transferred to a new doctor out here. And they're still wa- out here. Okay, out in Out here. Yeah, I do that too. Whenever I in go on the Hawaii. road, I'm yeah. like, here means LA. Yeah, here, and then, here means Denver. Yeah. Um, everything looked good. It wasn't until... At, at this point, you're thinking, it's gone or it's just... I'm holding pad or I'll deal with it again later. I'll probably have to deal with it again, again later. Okay. Like, it's there still. It's Cancer, still dormant. still in your system. But it's there. Why not just knock it out? Because there's there's no need to put my body through that much stress again. I can think of a need. You have cancer that might come back. Well, but it, or it could not come back. It could just go away on its own. Yeah, but I have cancer that could not come back because I don't have cancer. Like it could go away on its own, but it's like I, well, it's like this burglars in house. Sure. So I call nine one one. It's like, what if they're about to? What if they're done? Then what's the point of calling nine one one? Why ruin the nine one one's people's day? They might be leaving in a second anyway. I don't know. I'm not telling you you did it wrong, but I just, I'm like asking you. Oh, okay. Okay. There's a reason. How much did insurance cover? Mm. A lot of it. Your dad paid for probably most of it. Your parents. Yeah. I'm still paying for it. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. How much in debt were you at the end of it? All of it. Oh God. A lot. What are we talking about? (laughs) Thousands of dollars. Two hundred seven. Uh, about, I guess after insurance, probably about yeah, after insurance, probably about eighty to one hundred and twenty thousand dollars in debt. So in when debt. people say you got to get insurance because otherwise something catastrophic might happen, you'll be in debt forever. Uh, pretty much, you're still going to be in debt forever. You're even still going to you be in debt forever. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like may as well America. just do it and get bankrupts. <laughs> yeah. America. Well, and yeah. that's the thing too is and about healthcare is. Even when you're in debt with healthcare stuff, yeah. they can't send it to, to uh, collections because it's government. What do you mean? Like, your hospital bills can't go to collections. Really? I just had one at Cedar Sinai go to collections. Really? I mean, well, maybe it wasn't it, for like major hospital. It was yeah, for, like, maybe it's travel f- only for major hospital stuff. I don't know. I haven't had any, but I've been making payments too, so whatever. Anyway. Yeah. It was a lot. I feel like such a loser when the collection agent calls me because yeah. like honestly since i was like i mean for 10 years now the only reason i haven't paid is because of laziness really or like or like fuck that shit i canceled the appointment 24 hours in advance i'm not paying for this appointment i didn't go to just because you forgot to write it down one of those two reasons it's never <laughs> like i don't have the money i wish i could pay you i just don't have it yet it's yeah. always like Oh, it's ninety eight dollars. We're gonna send you a collection. I'm like, yeah, I'll deal with it later. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, is ruining your credit? I'm like, but what do I need credit for? I mean, honestly, like, what if you want to buy a house? I'm like, you're talking to the wrong guy. <laughs> Two years ago, I made twelve grand. You're talking to the wrong guy about houses. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not looking to buy a house either. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that. Yeah. I always thought I'd pay cash if I wanted to buy a car or anything. Yeah. I thought BMG. I paid and cash for the pickup truck that I have. Really? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So it wasn't until about. Let's see. When did when did I meet you? It was a couple years ago. A couple years ago. Um, yeah, probably two years ago in January. Maybe Super Bowl weekend. Yeah. 
I yeah, think yeah. Going to Denver Super Bowl weekend every year. Yeah, Denver was in the Super Bowl that year, two years ago. Then yep. last year I went back. Yep. And then I got Renazisi and Simone to come with me. Yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah. So it was two years year. ago, January. Yeah. So it was about six months after I met you. Okay, quick plug. Renazisi will be there two weeks before the Super Bowl <laughs> with Steve Simone, and I will be there one week before the Super Bowl with Steve Simone. And I love Steve Simone. He's great. He's so great. Yeah. He's such a doll. Yeah. He's no, the he's nicest the man ever. If you want to get his podcast, it's Good Times with Steve Simone on iTunes. <laughs> it's really good. I've been on a couple times. Go ahead. Um, yeah, it was about six months after we met. Yeah. I hit you up because I was going in for a biopsy because I, one of my appointments was irregular. They, so they finally came back. Finally said, came back. Hey, they said, hey, it's funky. Something's, something's happening down there. We're going to take, take a look, you know? Yeah. So I had texted you. I was like, I'm going in for this biopsy. I'm completely by myself. I don't know what to do. <laughs> like, my family was, I think, on vacation at the time or something. And, like, I couldn't reach them. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. But it came back and it, they said... I remember that. You were like, growing, yeah. feeling all alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> yeah, you gave me a nice shout out on Twitter. Oh, yeah. It was cute. I, didn't know what I had to like do. a was thousand like, fond new followers after that. <laughs> I was like, oh, this girl's going through chemo or whatever. She's got, got cancer. Yeah. She feels all alone. Yeah. Say something to her. <laughs> Everyone did. <laughs> Everyone did. It was really nice. Yeah. I think it was the Maui Comedy Festival actually hit me up and they were like, anytime you want to come out for this, you got free tickets. Really? I was like, fuck yeah. That's why I'm here right now. It's supposed to be right now. <laughs> and I'm just here because whatever. It's May instead. Yeah. Um, well, it got canceled. Well, moved. So they found some irregular- irregularities, but they, were, they weren't too concerned. It was growing, but it wasn't substantial enough to start treatment again. Was there any point in all this where you felt like the doctors weren't working hard enough or weren't taking it seriously enough? I mean, like, any point in, like, the four years to this point, or six years to this point, I guess. Yeah, yeah, there were definitely times. Where you're like, guys, guys, I'm, this is important to me. Fucking get that test done. There, Yeah, I mean, some a lot of the results took time to come back to me. Yeah. And, of course, you know, being female, I'm emotional about stuff, and, um, and I, I worry and... I guess waiting for results was always such a bitch because they they were just like they just took their sweet ass time it felt like you know yeah. and I'm sure they have their procedures and everything that they have to go through for those types of situations but I was just like come on you fucking assholes like I want to know where I'm at yeah you know I want to know if I'm dying or not um but anyway it wasn't at that point it wasn't anything really to be too concerned about but i knew that it was growing and i knew that something was changing and some cells were mutating how um based off of the biopsy that's what they told you yeah damn and okay um and so anyway hold on we've skipped some stuff we've skipped some stuff what do you mean i mean like how bad did the cancer get earlier than this? When it was at the worst? Yeah. Or was the worst still to come? Like I said, I don't... I mean, I remember being in the hospital for a couple weeks at a time, being really, really, really sick. Living in the hospital? Yeah. For a couple weeks at a time? Yeah. This is during the 14 weeks? Yes. Yeah. And a little bit after, too. Uh, okay. Yeah. 
Is that when your father was sitting by you, or is that like? Yeah, yeah. You remember that story? Uh huh. So my my dad was in the hospital with me, and uh, he was sitting next to my hospital bed, and I was sleeping. He was flipping through the channels, and I remember like waking up, kind of, and looking up at the TV. And he how was sick were you then? Real sick. Like I was, I was on fluids. I was like all hooked up to a bunch of monitors. Yeah, we skipped all this. How? When did it get this bad? At what point did it get this bad? Towards the end of my treatment, the first time before it went into remission. Yeah. So okay, you're you're so you're living in the hospital now. Yeah. Well, not living there. I was just there for like two weeks. Straight. Yeah. Without leaving. Yeah. Were you too sick to get out of bed? Yeah. Yeah, we skipped all this. <laughs> when? Okay. At what point did it get like this? Like what? Time wise? Yeah. It was like. Founded at eighteen. Tenth treatment. Tenth treatment. After the tenth so treatment. So still eighteen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you got that bad that you had to drop out of school? Yeah. Or I mean, well, no not drop out of classes. school, but like I, they have like leave of absence, whatever you can do. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so you're in the hospital? Yeah. Yeah. And then? I remember my dad flipping through the channels and I, I kind of woke up and like looked over at him and he was watching Rocky Horror Picture Show, which nice. is one of my favorite Broadway shows ever. Yeah, the one with uh, Steve Martin. <laughs> yeah, Tim Curry. Tim Curry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Steve Martin. What is in that? Um, oh, and the guy from um, Ghostbusters in it too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not Steve Martin. <coughs> not Steve Martin. Tim Curry and that guy from Ghostbusters. Um, yeah, and I just remember being really happy, like stoked that I was on. And he just, like, I mean, I was. I had like big black circles under my eyes that were completely sunken in. I looked like I was dying and I was, you know, I mean, the chemo was killing me. Yeah. And this is another reason why at that point they decided to stop the treatment because it was taking over my body and making me really unhealthy. So, um, but anyway, I remember my dad looking over and grabbing my hand and just being like, Hey, you going to make it kiddo? And I was just like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to make it, you know? And I guess I just never, death was never an option. Yeah. Yeah. It was just something that I I knew was a possibility, but I was just like, no, that's not going to fucking happen to me. So, you know, after that, then we did the scraping of the cervix and and... Uh, the removal of my left ovary and then I started to improve and everything got better right from there yeah a few weeks after scraping of your okay wow okay yeah so the remission now now we'll catch up now we're back to where we were yeah um so at that point um like I said it was a few months after we met caught up found out that there was a slight relapse um they found some irregularities some growth but it was not it wasn't substantial enough to do anything at that point so they were like we're just going to continue to monitor it we'll bring you in once a month you know whatever and it wasn't until um like november december of last year so yeah where they were like 
you're going to have to start treatments again. Oh. So, yeah. So, what I mean, so at that point, you know that it's not really that aggressive. And how? Because it took almost a year and a half. It took a year and a half for it to get to that point where they're like, you have to start treatment again. Okay. Yeah. Last December, that's what it was? Yeah. Seems like longer. Well, it was longer ago I'm when I told Minneapolis. you about the... What? Huh? I'm going to Minneapolis, and, and then like something happened then. But I don't know when the last time I went to Minneapolis was. <laughs> Over a year ago, though. I think yeah. May of a year, year and a half ago. You're probably May. thinking about the biopsy. Yeah, biopsy. You had to go in for that. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's it. So anyway, um, do you want me to just continue telling yeah, you? Like, yeah. okay. So they're like January 21st, you're starting treatments and you're going to do four, um, four big treatments every two weeks starting January 21st. And so I did that. I went in for about 45 minutes to an hour. And they just shot the fuck out of you with radiation. Yeah. Except this time I did some sort of clinical trial um, working with my oncologist on especially the money side of things because here and now I'm on my own. I'm not on my parents' insurance anymore. Mm. You know, I don't have health insurance through my work. I was bartending at the time too, so of course I didn't have fucking money. Yeah. Um, but he worked with me on this clinical trial. He did this intravenous, um, basically vitamin boost or like immunity booster um, that went in with the chemotherapy. So it went, it would travel with it to the targeted area. So at the same time that the chemo is breaking down the cells, yeah. the irregular cells, the immunity booster is building everything else up around it. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So this time around, you know, and I only did four treatments too, so that makes a difference too, but... Only four, but they were massive though, weren't they? Yeah, I mean, they were longer than... Yeah, they were, they, were bo- they were bigger than the first treatments that I did. But anyway, uh, I only lost a couple patches of hair in my, in, on my head. I was pretty healthy. I had weed this time. I didn't have weed last time. Why? Because I didn't smoke weed. Uh, and it was really hard to find in Iowa. Yeah. So, like, and, you know, at that point I didn't really know about it. I didn't know about the healing qualities or anything like that. So... I'm sure that it would have made a huge difference. Are there healing qualities of, in cancer from weed? Oh, absolutely. Really? Yeah. First of all, you're less nauseous. You can oh, sleep. Oh, right, with nausea. You can Appetite. sleep. You can eat. Like, it just completely changes did everything. Your, did your appetite go way down the first time? Yeah. Yeah. I barely, your weight? I barely ate. Oh, I lost, I lost like probably 40 pounds. 40 pounds? pounds yeah <laughs> you know like catch your breath there <laughs> it was like a half burp yeah yeah i was i probably weighed like 75 80 pounds whoa that's too thin <laughs> it was I mean, like kate moss state, but i looked like much. kate moss but prettier compare yourself to that guy with the fat belly coming so far i over. was the size of his belly <laughs> There are so many fat bellies here. I know. It's not like it's like fat. a it's like it's a like Polynesian a s- thing. 
that guy is white. That guy is super white. He's at a resort. Uh, a hotel. It's just a rich white guy thing. Think about rich white guys. Except for like pro athletes. Mm-hmm. I th- mm, Bill Gates. Steve Jobs. <sighs> yeah. Nerds are... Nerds are different. Different. They're pretty skinny usually. I feel like here too, everyone's so bored. They're like, eh, I may as well eat again. <laughs> <laughs> How could they be bored here? I can see them being bored. I just can't see them being like mad. This this place is like either you're super active, like Mm -hmm. snorkeling, surfing, hiking, hiking, whatever, or you're just a fat piece of shit (laughs) who doesn't leave his mansion because he doesn't have to. See, this guy's normal fat. (laughs) He's. He's older. He's old fat. He yeah, probably has fine. like diabetes. And no, he's just got like saggy boobs. And oh, like, he's got kind of a hunchback. He's though. got a hunchback, yeah. But that's not like a crazy belly. Yeah. But like this guy coming, that's a sizable belly. Yeah. And then the last guy is fine. Last guy's good. Yeah. I would he's like to look like that. He's got kind of a small face. The last guy? Yeah. His hair's combed over weird, so it's like, it looks like a flat head. Yeah, flat face. Got some sunglasses on. Round it off a little bit. God, he's got like a small face forward and backwards. Like it doesn't go deep at all. (laughs) You know? Like the face itself is okay, but it should be more behind it. He's got a flat screen TV instead of a instead of a big tube television. (laughs) Like they're supposed to be. Is that ten (laughs) eighty P? Anyway. So okay, okay. So the four radiation things. Did this make you feel a lot worse? I felt, bigger ones? I felt awful. Um, but weed, I would just get high and then everything went away. Really? Yes. Like, I mean, I would still feel it through my veins, like that weird alkaline kind of feeling. But like, I, I was still, a, I, I was able to go to work. Mm-hmm. Um, I would do my treatments on Wednesdays and then I would work Wu-Tang Wednesday at the bar that I worked at. All night until two a.m. That night, yeah. Do the and then I would. Well, it wouldn't kick in for a few hours. Okay, like the nausea and stuff like that. But that's still that night. Yeah. So like around bar close is when I would start to feel like whatever. So I just smoke a bowl. I mean, a few hours. You mean like ten hours? I would do my treatments at four p.m. Uh huh. And And then I would. Yeah. So about twelve hours. About ten hours. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was probably, oh, fuck, it's really kicking through my body now. Yeah, I would feel it start to happen, and um, I'd just smoke a bowl and then continue to close and close down the bar. I don't, I actually, there wasn't one time where I had to ask the other bartender to close for me. It was, was, yeah, I was fine. Weed is magic. Weed is magic. (laughs) What did you do, edibles or just smoke? Um... I try not to smoke just because it you don't want to break down your lungs too much. You don't want to you don't want to give your yeah, you don't want to give your immune immune system anything else to try and look out for. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? My so, doctor, yeah. Yeah, so I I cut back on smoking. But um I would vape. I did edibles. There's like Denver Relief has these great little three milligram candies, like sour candies. I just pop a few of those. Really? Yeah. My first doctor, quotation marks doctor, 
said um he was like you should do uh you should take edibles and i was like yeah but they take like 30 minutes to an hour to kick in and by then it's either like i mean sometimes you get the right amount but sometimes you get like not nearly enough or like way too much right and you're not gonna know for it's hard to gauge yeah yeah and then he goes yeah good point well you should vaporize <laughs> and i was yeah. like okay i'll try yeah. that i'm like thanks doctor yeah vaping is vaping is okay but like then you have to carry your vapor around yeah, with you. Yeah, you can't like, take a volcano with you. No, and that's what I have. <laughs> and those volcanoes too, it's like, they're cool and all, but like, sometimes when people come over, like, let's get the volcano, like, people are like, come on, man, just light up a fucking joint or pipe. Yeah, just roll a joint. What, what are you doing? Yeah. Are we going to be here for five hours? Well, like, give me your bong. Right. Yeah. Bongs are so good sometimes. They're underrated. I know it was a big oh, thing in college, My but friend like, Lindsay loves bongs. Gravity bongs are like, those are the, <sighs> yeah. the ones. My friend, one of my friends from college, well, high school and college, uh, he would make his own bongs out of, like, household materials. Really? Yeah, like, a two-liter bottle, and he would, like, make his own stem and carb, and, like, it was crazy. Wow. Yeah, with water in it. I don't know how he did it, but he was, he was, like, he was a weed genius. Yeah. Yeah. They talk yeah. about like the problems with weed, but one of the problems is not creativity and glass making. Definitely not. <laughs> they are on point with that yes. shit. Yeah. I was uh I was um I was I forgot what I was gonna say. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh I did the four treatments mm-hmm. and it was way easier than the first time that I went through treatment, but it was What do your friends say at this point? Now their friends now are all, like, 20, now my 20 friends are like thirty they threw together a fundraiser for me. Oh, that's nice. They were extremely supportive. I was living with a boyfriend at the time. Yeah. Um, he did a great job of taking care of me. I mean, he was like seriously at my every need. He was just there. And uh you know, he was he was there when like the first after the first treatment, like a few days later, like Got out of the shower, pulled out a chunk of hair in front of him, and he was like, oh, like... Really? Holy shit, wow. it's real. It just you know? falls out right there. Yeah, yeah, it just falls out. Damn. Like What's the that shower? feeling of, like, rubbing your hair? Like, ah, oh, god damn it, I'm coming away with something. Yeah, I don't know. I'm so used to it now. <sighs> yeah. Did your pit hair go away? <laughs> yeah. And your bad hair? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, your whole body's like... It's like you have alopecia. Nice, like early Britney Spears. Yeah. What's yeah. alopecia? When it goes off and... When you have zero hair on your oh, entire right. body. Hot. Except for the hair. Except for the head, I mean. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so it comes back. So you're doing these four treatments, and then what do they say after that? Uh, when I get done, I have a month until my checkup. And... How long had it been in remission for? you were feeling good a couple years a couple years were you feeling like and how'd you start to feel like I'm over this or were you still like it's coming I know it's coming I knew it was coming yeah I knew it was coming because they told you like at some point it would no you just knew they were just like it's it's there it's dormant it's whatever but I was like no I fucking know it's coming back right there's no chance in hell that I'm going through one I'm getting away this easy from it did you start to um um identify with cancer you know like make it part of your like 
who you were? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times when I'm getting to know somebody new, they're like, tell me something about you that is like different than... I'm like, well... And you're happy to have that? I mean, happy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I had a depression doctor once who told me that, um, just as an exercise, he's like, tell me some good things that have come out of it. I was like, what do you mean? I'm depressed all the time. He's just, I know, I know. That part's the bad part. Tell me something good's come out of it. True. And I was like, yeah. oh, well, I can see the world in a more clear way. Yeah. I mean, um, I guess I'm more sensitive to knowing how good people are. Um, who my real friends are, who I know will be there for me if I am going through this again or if I am going through something terrible again. Not necessarily cancer, but just something else. Yeah. You know? Um, It makes me see the world in like a more beautiful light because I appreciate it more. I appreciate my life. Like you feel like you're on borrowed time or there's bonus time at all? Yeah, bonus time. Like, fuck yeah. Yeah, you could have I survived it. Yeah. You know? I could see that. So I had a good checkup a month after my last treatment. Um, And then I actually just had another good checkup last week, two weeks ago. And what do they say? It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. What do you mean? There's no irregular cells. What did they say the checkup before that? Um, I think there was like just a few irregularities, but nothing big. And then what, did your body fight off the rest? Yeah, because I'm still doing those immune system boosters through the doctor. Okay. Even after the treatment's done. Even after the treatment's done, you're still doing like immune system. And that just helps you keep away from colds too, right? There's no harm Yeah, absolutely. I, like good. I don't, yeah. I got like a weird cold this summer, but yeah. it was gone in like three days. What do you mean a weird cold? It was like just from seasons changing. Yeah, Denver's cold. weather's weird. Mm-hmm. Up down, yeah. up down. Yeah, especially in the summer. You know, like we get a shitload of rain in the beginning of the summer, and then it's super hot and dry, and then it's like fall. Uh, so there's like I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. But yeah, so I got like a small cold, and pff, that was like nothing. Did you get worried? No. Yeah, okay. And they told you, like, it's gone. Not, like, in remission, just gone? Yeah. So that means, like, when they say gone, that means, like, you don't ever have to come back here. No, I still have to go back. Why? Not as often. Why do you have to go back at all? I just have to go back once a year like a normal woman would go back for her pap smear once a year. So you would do that anyway? Yeah. But you're more careful because you know what might happen Right, because of the pre-existing conditions. But you're not any more susceptible to it than um, my little sister or something. Who's actually probably way older than you. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I guess I don't really know the answer to that question. If I'm more susceptible to it, maybe because I've had it before. Yeah. Maybe not because I've beat it. You know, I don't know. They don't tell you like, hey, you're still in the danger zone. What do they tell you? No, I'm not in the danger zone. Yeah, no. At this point, I just go back for a regular checkup, just like everybody else. Do you, um, or maybe did you, when you were going to the same hospital all the time, do you start to, like, recognize faces and do they recognize you? I sat next to the same dude when I was doing chemo every week. He's this old (laughs) Vietnam vet. Yeah. Yeah, named Hank. Yeah? Yeah. 
He was weird. Why? He just had the craziest stories, but he was just like, he was just kind of weird. Um, but he was always so pumped to see me. He's just like, Kels. He's like, what's shaking? I'm just like, don't talk like that. You're like 87. <laughs> don't talk like what's shaking. <laughs> yeah. Did you, that's cool. Did you lose people like during those that you saw? Yeah, there was this woman named Ethel who sat across from me. She didn't talk very much because she was really ill. Um, and she was actually living in the hospital and they just wheeled her in for her chemo and then wheeled her back. Um, she seemed like she was really pleasant. Like she just seemed like, well, I know it's coming, whatever. Really? Like she was terminal for sure. But she was very at peace with it. Um, and then one week when I showed up, she wasn't there. I was like, mm, they told right. you? Yeah. I'm, oh, I meant when I asked that, that makes sense too, but I meant like, like hospital staff. I didn't realize you wouldn't do chemo like right next to people. I thought I figured you'd be alone, but I guess not. No, they, they bring you into a room with a few other people. Does that help to have, to, to, to talk to people yeah, going yeah. through the same thing? For sure. Do you tell war stories? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We shared stories. Hank and I, we were buddies. Um, he had lung cancer. I think he was, he still smoked. Really? Yeah, even going through treatment, he was Why? just like, I can't, I can't stop. Really? Yeah. Like, well, I guess the will, the will to stop is the will to live. And I told him that, and he was like, well, whatever. He's like, I guess we'll see if this works. If not, that's how I'm supposed to go out. I'm like, all right. I mean, you're already fucking to. in your 80s. Like, Oh, right. Does it really matter at that point, you know? I can see that. And it's also like, is it adding to the cancer every day, or is it just increasing the chances? Probably really probably work. neither. Because most people, I mean, not like 60%, I mean like 95% of people who smoke their entire lives don't get cancer. Yeah, exactly. So then it's like... Yeah. It probably doesn't even add to it. It's probably like it probably ran in his family. Yeah. And it was just bound to happen anyway, you know? I don't think him smoking on top of going through treatment made a difference at all. It was the damage was already there. What caused your cancer? Do they say ever? We don't know. It's not genetic. There's nobody else in my family has had it. And you smoke now? Yeah, I'm a smoker. How uh you don't feel like what am I doing here? I, it's, I, I don't care. No. I just, I don't, a lot, I know, I, maybe it's not even, I don't know, but like, it just feels like a lot of cancer survivors or cancer patients are like, well, I won't smoke again. That's crazy. Some people completely switch up their lifestyle and I've made a couple changes. I mean, I, I don't, I smoke American spirits <laughs> instead of regular cigarettes, which I know That's isn't that talk. much better, but yeah. like. I feel better yeah. than than when I was smoking like Camel Lights. I feel way better. I wake up feeling better. Do you remember the Camel? I don't camel? drink as much. You don't? No. Really? Yeah. You're a professional drinker. Well, yeah, I'm a bartender. Yeah. Um, do you remember the Camel Camel? Yeah. Joe Camel? Joe Camel, yeah. My friends in high school said I looked like him. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't think I feel bad about that. But when I first met you, I thought you looked like Joe Camel. Really? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> What's that bug behind you? Um, so it looks fast. like a 
beetle of some sort, or like a... Cockroach. No, it's not a cockroach. Tick? Cancer bug? Um, what other questions do you have for me, Ari? There's a couple that I hadn't gone to yet. Oh. Do you think that uh, your recording will pick up the sound of the waves? Maybe. Cool. Peaceful cancer talk with... If we were on the beach, it would have recorded. It would have taken more of the waves. It's yeah. usually like straight on, though. Pretty True. much only yeah. in our faces. Did you ever... Well, I'm assuming you did. What level of giving up did you do? Or did you ever want to be like, I'm done. I'm done fighting this. Oh, God. So many times. So many times I was just like, fuck it. Because I was so sick. Yeah. And I was like, this is obviously not working. You know? I mean, I... I guess that was my mentality, but I was young and stupid, and, like, my parents were making decisions for me, a lot of, like, health decisions for me. Yeah. And, you know, I I was, I was like, I just don't want to do this anymore. I was just, like, really antsy and impatient. Um, yeah, I can't imagine going through, like, a three-year battle. I remember, I imagine going through, like, a five-month battle, and then I'd be like, cool. But then after, like, a year, I'd be like, guys, Yeah, it was, it was it. really fucking hard. Yeah. yeah, it was it was bad. It was like, I don't know. I just didn't want to deal with it anymore. And how, how do they talk you into dealing with it? I just had to. Yeah. You know? You got no point um, to show up. I was... Going through the last treatments that I did, the last four treatments um, this year, I was extremely depressed going into it already. This year? Last yeah. year? October? This year. Yeah. More this year? This year. Yeah. Um, I was actually looking to move to LA in January. I went out there for like a week and interviewed for a job and I got it, but... I just didn't have the means of like moving. I didn't have enough money to do it. And, um, I had started dating this guy. So it was kind of like tied down, but I felt like I was stuck and I just got really depressed. Um, and that made a difference too. I was like, God, I don't even want to go through treatment. Just like let it take me whenever it takes me kind of thing. Yeah. You know? It took, it took a lot, it took a lot of motivation for me to be like, okay, I guess I'll do it again because I knew how harsh it was, but also I didn't know how effective weed would be. Really that effective? Yeah. Helping. It's incredible. I mean, you could ask my ex-boyfriend about it. Um, I'd be feeling all gross and weird, nauseous. I'd probably throw up a couple of times and then... I'd smoke like a joint or take an edible and 20 minutes later I'd be completely a normal person. Man. Yeah. He was like it was it was like day and night. Like it was incredible. Man. Um So yeah, I mean there was there were points where I was like fuck it. I just just let it do it. It's thing, you know. Yeah. And then after the last treatment then they're like that don't worry about it. It's done. Yeah. My friends played a huge part in motivating me too. They they put together a fundraiser for me um, to help pay for the cancer bills, and they raised about 
$1,200. Really? Which was cool. Did you use all that f- to pay for the cancer bills? Yeah. <laughs> we know a guy who, uh, who died, or his friend, two comics were in a car, and one of the comics died in a car accident. Some drunk driver hit him. That's sad. Yeah, and everybody wants to help, so they got up a fundraiser to help pay for the funeral costs and pay for the hospital bills for the other guy. Mm-hmm. And the other guy paid for the hospital bills, and then use whatever extra there was to buy a Cadillac and like some snakeskin boots and we're all like unsavory super unsavory yeah it made everyone kind of feel like dude come on what are you doing that's not cool yeah yeah go get a Honda go get a used Honda I get it you have no car but I mean at first I wasn't really worried about the the bills themselves yeah um and then you know it was more like I, how am I going to pay for living costs if I have to take off work oh, yeah. kind of thing? You know, because I was a bartender and you, it's not like you get a steady paycheck yeah. and then you make tips. It's like not a steady paycheck and not steady tips either. Right. Even if they paid you your salary, they'd be like, what, fucking 40 oh. bucks a, month, a week? Yeah, hardly. And especially in the winter, you know, everything is super unpredictable. Yeah. Everything kind of... <laughs> Everything is dependent on the Denver Broncos in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> what, how happy everybody is? Yeah. How much people go out to bars? Yeah. <laughs> Peyton so, sucks now, but they're still winning. Um, defense goes a long way, babe. Yeah, yeah. That's what they said when What's-His-Name was there. Who's the Jesus quarterback? Oh, Jesus. Tim Fucking Tebow. Tim Tebow. And they're like, he did it. He, he marched him back for victory. I'm like, he made three drives in a row that were four and out. The defense kept getting interceptions. <laughs> yeah. And then eventually they marched in. That's yeah. not him. I hate Tebow, by the you way. You hate him. No, I don't hate him. I have a friend him. named Tebow and I hate him. Really? No, but <laughs> I should like him. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. What else is there that... I have one more question to go out. But before that, what else is there people don't know about cancer dealing with cancer having cancer you know that people just don't understand that it's just not something you would have thought of um i guess for me i didn't know i don't i guess the the hardest part about dealing with cancer is is like the um the emotional things that happen to you while you're going through treatments where you have like big ups and downs. Sometimes you feel like you're on top of the world and you're like beating this and you're doing something right and you're like really positive. And then you have super lows where you're like, fuck this. I just want to die. Just let it take me, whatever. And the most important thing that you have to do is just keep those close to you close to you. Because if you push them away, you're going through that shit completely by yourself. Is that the instinct to push them away? Sometimes, Part of the instinct? For, well, it depends on who you are. Some people cling on to people because they need them. You know, some people are needier than others. Um, it's it's all how you cope. You know, with me, I tend to push people away when I get when I have something emotional happening. Distrust. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you can't do that, you know? Yeah. All right. Do you want to, um, give people your Twitter address or anything or no? Think about it for a second. But in the meantime, (laughs) um, um, 
I don't ever go on Twitter, really. Oh, okay. Well, then forget it. Um, okay, last question then. Okay. What's hospital food like? Did you get tickets to commit? Hospital food is terrible. Really? Yeah. Well, Colorado hospital food is actually pretty good. But, um, and I only know that, not from cancer, but I only know that from having my appendix removed two weeks after I moved out to Colorado. I was like, oh, it's way better here. It's way better. I don't know what it is, but I had like green chili smothered something. And oh, it was yeah. pretty good. You think it's, uh, you think it's, well, because Mexicans, Mexicans just, Mexicans. they do dirt food good. Oh, God, it's the best. You can do it cheap and you can so make it delicious. <laughs> you think um, it just differs hospital to hospital or like state to state? I bet it's whoever's a chef, the head cook at the well, hospital. Yeah, it's got to be dependent on who, who's making the food. Yeah. Or who's making the menu, maybe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What's how how stocked are we on slop? Do we have enough? <laughs> <laughs> we got a crazy week, bunch of car accidents. We got some we slop. Could, we good on slop. Stock this up on slop. <laughs> <laughs> it uh, tastes like it smells in hospitals. Really, yeah. It smells like death and hospital despair. smell like death. Yeah. I used to visit Mitzi in the hospital, the owner of the store, yeah. and it was just like, I don't like the way this feels in here. No, it's it's like cold. It's white, like yeah, sterile. Sterile and just you know, like two doors down, there'd be somebody like having a fucking stroke or dying of some sort of disease, and I'm just like, how am I supposed to feel good about being in here? <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Remember when um, AI got got rediscovered? Yeah, and then they're like. He visit your mom again and stuff. He's like, "That's amazing." It was like, "It was just one day." Um, yeah. <laughs> you're in the future now. Yeah, They're all right. dead. yeah. Oh, that's such a sad movie. Uh huh. That's like one of the saddest movies ever. It's programmed to and be completely devoted. And then you're like, "Oh, but he's a robot." So he doesn't feel it. So who really gives a fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Robots are just a, an allegory for Asian people. <laughs> And I agree with you. Who gives a fuck what Asian people think? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it from her, not me. <laughs> Nobody cares about Asians. Man, you can joke around with Asian racism all day, and yeah. very few people care. Yeah. <laughs> They're black in the same place. People are like, hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Easy, easy. Easy. All right. Well, thanks, Kelsey. You're welcome, Ari. Um, okay. That's it. Bye. No, thank you, no, thank you, no, thank you, no, thank you. And I'm about to be for this shit. I can afford chemo like I can afford a limo. And on any given day, I'd rather ride a limousine. No, thank you, no, thank you, no, thank you, no, thank you. And I'm about to die like this. I can afford chemo like I can afford a limo. And besides, this shit is making me tired and making me tired and making me tired. You know, I plan to retire someday. But mama gonna go out in style. Go out in style. This shit is making me tired and making me tired and making me tired. Mama gonna go out in style. That's the episode. And now I'm outside getting my 15 minutes of sun. Walking with flip-flops. Bought at the Nike outlet store in Portland. Shorts. Matching North Carolina Tar Heel blue shorts. And on my top, obviously nothing. Why? Because the sun's out. And when the sun's out, the law states... That the guns must also be out. Um, that's the episode, you guys. 
By the way, is everybody going to Big J Special in New York? Everybody in New York should be going to Big J Special. Look for his, uh, look at his Twitter, Big J Okerson. No, wait, twitter.com slash Big J Okerson for tickets. Maybe I'll put some tickets on the website too. It's not free tickets. Oh, it might be free tickets. I think it's free tickets, to be honest. The director of This is Not Happening is directing it, Jeff Tomzik. And by the way, This is Not Happening this year looks fucking amazing. I, I, I don't know if I mentioned that. It, it looks fucking great. Tomzik outdid himself on the Opens this year. Everybody stepped up. It was a fucking great season. Eric, my friend, the fucking showrunner, he was amazing. Handling everything. Anyway, it all fucking went, went through perfectly, so I'm really proud of this year. No bombs, no bombs. Not one. Last year, there were a few. Of like, you know, you try to do the best you can with it, but this year, nothing bad. Only good or great. Wait for Jim Brewers. Oh. Anyway, um... So that's the episode. I uh, hope nobody got cancer while they were listening to it. That would suck. What was your cancer caused by? Fucking Ari's boring ass intros and outros. Maybe I'll walk this way. God, I love walking around with my shirt off. It's one of the greatest joys in life. Plus, when I have this mic and this, uh, this recorder, people stare at me. I gotta go to a side street. It's too embarrassing. <laughs> I get so self-conscious when I'm recording these things in public. Uh, yeah, if you did get cancer from my podcast, I guess it would be ear cancer. If any, Do they have ear cancer? What kind of cancers do they have? Duncan had ball cancer. Duncan lost a ball. Duncan has no I don't, left or right ball. The weird thing is, I've seen it. He showed it to me. So there's no, there's no ball. So, but it sits like a sack. Like, you know how um, if you're holding a, a plastic shopping bag? Plastic shopping bags are something they had in the 1980s. Um, there's those things that cost 10 cents a piece now for some reason. <laughs> I love it. It's going to be a deterrent. You want a shopping bag? It's, it's an extra 10 cents. And by the way, actually, it is a deterrent. Sometimes I'm like, fuck that. Just give me free bags. Or when they don't have a big enough bag to... Okay, you gotta have a big enough bag. You gotta have some sort of option in paper if you're not gonna give me the option in plastic. Oh, just carry it. Or how about handles? I need some with handles, idiots. Um, but whatever. Um, what was I fucking saying? I gotta smoke pot. My mind doesn't work right when I'm smoking pot. That's probably a sign of addiction, right? When you say you need your uh, you need your drug in order to function properly. Yeah, I would say that's a pretty big sign of addiction. I need this to hand to to. I think Diaz used to say that when he was. Uh, oh, I know why. I'll get back to Duncan's ball. Diaz used to say that when he was uh, quitting coke. He was like, I don't know if I can be funny without coke. I think he said that. I might be getting that from Rogan about Diaz, but um, let's just say it's true. Who cares? But that's like a sign of addiction where you're like, I can't function my normal life without this drug. I can't get shit done without this drug. Yeah, I'd say so. Hey, what else do people say that about? You can't get anything done without this drug. Oh, yeah, your iPhones. Well, I need it. I can't live without it. Yeah, no, how could you live without it? I mean, how could anyone ever live without it? Hey, do you guys remember 2006? idiots um 
Anyway. Oh, so Duncan has a ball. So it looks like one of those plastic shopping bags. That okay. So let's say you're holding a plastic shopping bag, and then for, and then your friend is unloading them into the fridge, like taking stuff out and putting it in the fridge uh, when you get home. And then, but you still hold that plastic shopping bag, and eventually the shopping bag gets empty, but it keeps the same shape, you know, as if it's a full, as if it's a full bag. Yeah, <laughs> that's what his ball is like. Lizard, I'm trying to remember if I touched it or not. I definitely looked at it. I don't know if I touched it. If I didn't, that's a that's a pretty big missed opportunity. I hooked up with a chick who uh, was lactating once. Um, I didn't even notice. I squeezed her boob, and she was like, "Did you see that?" I was like, "No, what?" And she was like, "You just sprayed me in the face with milk." <laughs> and she's like, "Are you grossed out?" I'm like, "No." I'm not. Maybe surprisingly, but I'm not. She goes, are you turned on? I was like, also no. It's like I saw a pencil on the floor. It's nothing to do with sexuality or not. It's just fucking cool. Well, I guess a better example would have not have been a pencil on the floor. I guess if I dropped a pencil and it stood upright on its eraser. Boom. Workshopping. Better metaphor. Um, anyway, so... Whatever. The episode's over is my point. Um, and by the way, I was talking about that Eels album, Electroshock Blues. That, that, that album holds together. This is what albums don't really do anymore. I don't know if they ever did, actually. They don't hold together as an album. They're just collections of songs. For the most part. You know who doesn't do that? Arcade Fire. They, have, they make album rock. I mean, their songs are great, but they're making albums. They're supposed to be held together as one album. And they'll play them a lot, too, in order. When they play live. Um... Yeah, they do, actually. That was a good concert. Um, so Electroshock Blues was all about E, the lead singer of the Eels. I forget his real, real name, but that's his character name. He, uh, I guess he went through a lot the same year. There was like an earthquake in, in L.A., like a, a sort of a major one. It destroyed some stuff. Um, I think an aunt had cancer, and I think his mom died. So he was spending a lot of time in hospitals and and uh, and the whole album, Electroshock Blues, was sort of dealing with, with a lot of what's going on, a lot of loss and pain. And it was just like an album. And then one of those songs was Hospital Food because of the time he was spending in hospitals and eating so much hospital food. And I don't know if I've heard another song about hospital food. <sighs> so, uh, yeah, I'll go out with that. But it really was a great album. I, I, I see comedy, too. A lot of times specials are just like collections of bits. Uh, CDs are usually that. CDs are usually collections of bits because usually the comic's first fucking, you know, here's what I've been working on. Here's what I've developed over the last, you know, eight, ten years. Um, And then specials sometimes get into more, like when I do a special, I I try to have some sort of through line in my head, even if it's not clear on the the page. So like for... uh, Passive-aggressive, that's probably the clearest one. It was about me growing up and about how being me forced into this adulthood that I was kind of being dragged, kicking and screaming um, away from. <sighs> By the way, so I went to Denver. We were in, we in Vail skiing, me and Simona Renazisi and Edbrook. <sighs> and we were all, like, out of breath. 
like I am right now, just fucking, you know. And then Simone eventually realized it was it was the high altitude. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's definitely it. Man, that high altitude really gets you. Even on stage sometimes, I was like out of breath. But definitely like walking up and down stairs and things like that. But um, the problem is, I'm in L.A. now. And I just walked up a 20-yard hill. And I'm out of breath. So maybe a piece of Denver came back with me. By the way, I'm recording this before the Super Bowl, so I have no idea who won. Um, See, so passive aggressive is about that, being kicked and screaming into the fucking adulthood that I don't really want. I heard, uh, 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 what's the story, Morning Glory, Oasis' album, was about um, wanting to become famous. And their next one was about being famous. And then their album after that was just also about being famous and that's kind of why they broke up um because they're like oh we're already dealing with the same shit but yeah passive aggressive is that so it's all these different versions of like what's supposed to be to grow up and then it's bookended by stories of like me not knowing how to deal with adulthood on one end on the other end at the very end once i have sort of become this like full full adult then it's me doing one of the most childish things uh, possible, which is getting revenge on Bobby Lee and putting dump all over his car. Uh, I was pretty happy with that through line, actually. That was, that was a pretty well-crafted special. Um, and then paid regular. Let me think. What, what were the bits in paid regular? I remember I had it. So I think you're supposed to do is have this thing and then forget about it. Like, have this order and thought in your head, and then, you know, when I move on with new material, then I just sort of forget what I've said. And turn around and go back up this hill. Um, all right, so I guess that's the episode, right? Yeah, pretty good. Uh, I'm doing a bunch more before I leave. Don't forget, Vancouver. Um, next weekend, the 18th, 19th, 20th. Yes, 18th, 19th, 20th. Then I'm going to Big J Special, the 21st, doing some press. <sighs> I got Indianapolis, followed by a one-day Sunday Columbus gig. La Jolla in March and Tempe at the very end of March. That's it. Go to arithegreat.com for tickets. And for all the music choices, you can find links to the videos for those songs if you want to know what a song is. Oh, fucking, what? That was fun. That was 15 feet. Fuck. Maybe I have cancer now. What is this reservoir near my house? This reservoir with beautiful like walking paths and it's completely gated up. Like no one can get in there. I've heard the excuse of like, no, it's a water supply. There's a different one. There's like Silver Lake. This is a different one. I don't know which one this is. It's beautiful. But if like it's the water supply, someone could contaminate the water supply. Yeah, you know what they're gonna do? Just fucking they're gonna put acid in it, they can just put it in a vial. And just throw it. I could chuck it that far, especially from that top angle. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> anyway, all right, you guys. <sighs> That's it. Ari Shavir Skeptic Tank. Look at these stones, these stone seats. It was made by fucking architect cavemen. Ari Shavir Skeptic Tank, episode 252. The Big C with Kelsey Vanderwerf. 
that is never going to be a Jewish name. If you guys come across that name in life, you can just assume. Not Jewish. Now, th- now here's another. Aaron Levine. Chaim Zakheim. Right? You see the difference? Kelsey Vanderwerf. Those are not... I love when people can't tell it like a Jews look different. They're like, what is, how can you tell what a Jew looks like? <laughs> I don't know. It's just we have a look. There's a fucking big nose, curly hair. Ari Shafir. That's a Jewish name on both ends. All right, Skeptic 252. The Big C. Over and out. See you guys next week. Tell a friend that you enjoy this podcast. Eels, do your thing. Never forget to sing the one about the cat who's always getting wet. He's always got a problem, he's a very bitter dude. And now he's complaining about his hospital food.